My little brother's friends have been camped out at our place for two days straight. Three. It's because of the Xfinity 10G network. Internet that can handle a house full of screens at once, with like basically no interruptions. And it's only getting faster. When I was their age, internet like this was a pipe dream. You sound like my grandpa. Please go home. Introducing the next generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. You are listening to this is Cruise Radio Rewind. Real reviews from real cruisers. This weekend's episode of Cruise Radio Rewind is a request for Carnival Freedom, a cruise ship that's currently sailing seven-night Caribbean cruises out of Galveston, Texas. Kevin just returned from it, and he's on the line. How you doing, Kevin? Hey, Doug. How are you? Good. As always, we're going to take a step back here. Give us some pre-cruise thoughts about Carnival Freedom. A couple different things. I mean, first off, uh, you know, with my wife being an academic, she really we want to try to get something nice little vacation just before the school year started, and then also. We kind of created a bucket list of some locations that we want to go to, and one of them being Jamaica, which was uh, you know, the first stop on this itinerary. And yeah, so it's one of the, and this ideal ship to be on for to go down to Jamaica. So you're up in the Northwest, and you make your way to Houston. Any pre-cruise time in Houston or Galveston? Yeah, we flew in the day before, uh, you know, to make sure we had you know plenty of time to make it to the ship the following day. Uh, we got in kind of mid-afternoon and into Houston, and uh, took a car service down to Galveston just to. Uh, spend the night along the, along the uh, seawall there and enjoy it. some some of the, the shopping and stuff in Galveston. Did you fly into George Bush or Houston Hobby? Flew into uh, George Bush, so up, up on the north side. So it's it's a good hour and 20-minute drive uh, from George Bush Airport down to uh, Galveston. So it, it is a little bit of a hike. Um, so like, so we, we decided to go ahead and do a car service setup just to make sure that you know driver was there uh, on both ends, both going from the airport down to Galveston the day before sailing, then also on the way back, because we had an early flight on the way back and kind of wanted to make sure that uh, we didn't chance missing it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, was, I never realized how far the two airports were. When I flew into Houston Hobby, it was only 40 minutes from Galveston. I didn't realize that George Bush was so, well, at first off, I didn't realize how far south of the city Houston Hobby was, but I also didn't realize how far north George Bush was. Yeah, they definitely are. I mean, as, as a native Houstonian as well, I mean, it's it's a very big city. I, was, I think it's like the fourth largest city and it is very spread out and those airports are very far, far apart. But Obviously, if you want to fly southwest, Hobby's the, mm-hmm. Hobby is the uh, the main airport, and almost every other airline, you're most likely going to end up in George Bush. So you get to the cruise terminal. How was your Galveston embarkation experience? Uh, it wasn't too bad. I mean, it did take about uh, probably 25 to 30 minutes from uh, curb to ship. I mean, kind of a pretty long line to get from the curb to even just to the terminal building kind of slow going i mean we did have faster the fun which we normally get on most sailings probably one of the oddball things that we ran into is you know usually there's porters right as you get to the curb because uh, you know, we took a lift from our hotel over to the to the terminal and uh, this time there really weren't that many porters and so we actually ended up getting directed to just a normal like bag drop area which i've never seen in any other ports that we've gone out, out of where you pretty much put your stuff right 
in line to get right onto the ship. Yeah. Was there another ship in port at the same time as you guys? There's a Royal Caribbean ship in, in port. The Liberty of the Seas was in port, but not, not another Carnival ship. That's hmm. interesting. Maybe they were spread out between the two ships because whenever I sailed out of Galveston, there were like more porters and people, it seemed. Yeah, this was odd. We never experienced something like this before, but I mean, it was not a big deal. I mean, yeah. you know, we, we got there plenty of time, weren't in a rush and mm-hmm. like, oh, just drop it off here. And Got got in line to get into the terminal, and lines were kind of long, but they were they were fast going. I mean, that twenty, like I said, I think it's the twenty to twenty five minutes. It, it, it flew by. You know, it, lines were pretty constantly moving, and it wasn't a standstill. This was your first time on Carnival Freedom. What were your first impressions of her? Very nice. I mean, it just recently went through a dry dock back uh, earlier and earlier this year, and you could tell is uh, very well maintained and a uh, very beautiful ship. You go to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book, and what did you think of it? Uh, so we had a, a standard balcony uh, stateroom up on deck ten. A very good location uh, to get anywhere from my, like the Lido deck with all the a lot of the food options or or even the spa. Uh, since we like to you know usually get a couple of spa treatments throughout the throughout the sailing. And very easy to kind of get to and from. But yeah, deck, deck 10 kind of forward and uh, very, very nice room. Could you tell like during the refurbishment, did they add any USB ports or anything in the staterooms? It didn't seem like they did. I mean, to be honest, it didn't seem like there were very many outlets at all. Mostly just over kind of by the desk area. There was a, there was one kind of standard U.S. type connection. Mm-hmm. And then there was a, the international connection. And if you wanted anything more than that, you usually had to unplug something else you know whether it be whatever whatever the other plugs went to one we found one that we actually used uh for for one of our phone chargers and not sure really what it went really what it went to but uh <laughs> it seemed to work all right for us so it worked out fine do you bring one of those uh like european power converters on with you for a third plug I haven't, but I'm definitely thinking about doing yeah. it, uh, doing it going forward. I I have plenty because I do travel internationally for uh, for business, and so I'm thinking about throwing that into kind of the bag I usually bring for uh, for cruises. Just that way, we do have that third plug just in case. Let's talk about dining. We'll start in the main dining room. What time dining did you have, and how was your experience? So we had early dining, uh, which is uh, six o'clock on this sh- on this particular ship. And the service was really good. I mean, I think the only complaints that we had was, um, you know, Carnival is obviously pretty famous for doing their showtime where the, the, the waiters kind of dance around and stuff. And where we were seated, we couldn't really see any of that at all. So we didn't go to the dining room the first night, but it, we went all the other nights of the sailing. And uh, the service, the first night we went to, which was the first formal night, was kind of slow. But then the rest of them, they were, they were really quick. I mean, I would say we had our you know, three course meal and probably like 45 minutes at most. I mean, it was really quick and efficient service and, you know, very, very uh, attentive as far as, you know, refilling glasses and so forth. And how was the Lido deck? Lido deck was good. So, you know, obviously we went to the, you know, Guy's Burger and Blue Iguana and kind of the standard uh, things as far as, like, you know, the pizza and the, and the deli. Uh, and, you know, they were during the peak times, obviously the lines were, a little long, but, you know, really not bad compared to what I've seen on previous sailings on other ships. You sailed Carnival Valor a few months ago. I'm just curious, can you tell the difference from burger joint to burger joint, or was it pretty consistent to you? I thought it was pretty consistent. I mean, we we do sail quite often, not just on Valor a few months ago, but even other ones. And I, I feel like it's a pretty standard standard operation there. Yeah. Okay. Any specialty? 
the first night we did the steakhouse and really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, Carnival has the promotion that uh, some people know about or don't know where you can get a free bottle of house wine or 50% off uh, any other, I think, bottles on the on the menu and on the first first night and then also the first uh, formal night. And uh, so we took advantage of doing it the first night of the sailing and it was really nice, kind of laid back and not very busy at all, but again, very attentive service. And uh, we really had a great time there. How was the entertainment on this seven night sailing? It was really good. Uh, there was always, uh, you know, music around the ship, varying varieties. I mean, anything from, you know, Tejano to country to pop to classical. It seemed like there was, there was always different things, whether it be in the uh, the atrium lobby or the um, like right along the casino area on the promenade deck. You know, we also enjoy going to like the comedy shows as well. And being a seven night sailing, uh, they switched out the comics halfway through. Unfortunately for us, since we do sail a lot, one comic in the first half we'd seen before, and then one comic in the second half, same thing, we'd seen, <laughs> seen them before as well. And it's kind of one of those funny things, like, oh, you can, you can tell you sail Carnival quite often. But regardless, it was still, uh, we still had a good, good time uh, with that. The only thing I thought was really weird about that, if you really enjoy comedy, is that it, their, their timings did not go well with if you wanted to see the, the main production show in the main theater. You really had to choose one or the other uh, for the most part. I, I feel like on other sailings, on other ships, they did a much better job where you could technically catch both of those things. But for some reason, like, you know, we had early dining, so you really would have to catch the 915 production show. And then you could catch usually like a 1015 comedy show. This time they put the early comedy show like at 945. Um, so there's no way that you can make it to both. So usually we had to choose one or the other. That's probably by design, huh? Yeah, probably is to kind of spread out the mm-hmm. crowds a little bit. But, you know, earlier I mentioned that the dining, you know, tend to go really quickly. And so we were able to sometimes catch the early production show. And so yeah. we did make it to a couple of the production shows. I think it was a trip to getaway Island or something like that was one of the shows we saw. And then 88 keys as well. Um, both were really good. We enjoyed both of them. So let's talk about the sea days as far as crowds and congestion. It wasn't too bad. I mean, they had, you know, you, you often had the main choke points, you know, like around the pole area and the, the Lido buffet area where the crowds were pretty intense at the, you know, at the peak times, but nothing, nothing unbearable where you couldn't move from one area to the other, as I've seen on some of the bigger ships. And how about a smoke in and around the casino? Not too bad as well. Um, you know, this is one of the classes where you don't have to walk through the casino unless you really, really want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the smoke did kind of filter out into the promenade walking area. Uh, when you're trying to avoid walking through the casino. Uh, However, it wasn't unbearable. What ports of call did you go to on this seven-night cruise? And give us a highlight from each port. So the first port we stopped off was at uh, Montego Bay in Jamaica. And uh, there we did the uh, zip line and river tubing experience. And overall, it was a very good experience. So, you know, we we enjoyed the the zip line. We did that first. And then the second part was the river tubing. Unfortunately, as we were river tubing, the skies opened up and we experienced a uh, Caribbean uh, deluge, you know, of thunder, lightning, and 
pouring down rain. And we even asked the attendants, I guess, whether we should be in the water or not. Like, oh, no problem on, you know, no problem, no worries. <laughs> so we <laughs> kept on floating down, you know, and it's kind of a cool experience. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, but kind of feel like the river tubing may have ultimately been cut short a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, all in all, it was a it was a good experience, and we we did have a you know one individual that you know worked for the company that that put on the excursion, and it was booked through Carnival, but you know there's all they're all third party people that put these on, and you know that how we had some small customer service issue where they, you know, but for the most part, it didn't ruin the overall experience. Yeah, I would recommend it to anyone. The next port that we stopped off was at Grand Cayman, which is, a, you know, as everyone knows, a tender port. But we did, uh, there's a parasailing and beach getaway, I think, in which where they take take you up for parasailing and then they give you the option to get dropped off at Seven Mile Beach and you have to find your own, own way back to the ship, uh, which we understand is about a five-minute taxi ride, roughly, or bus ride back to the port. Mm-hmm. Um as we got out to, you know, to start our parasailing, they even had my wife and I all ready to go and a storm blew in probably the same one we experienced over in Jamaica roughly. <laughs> and, and so we ended up, they kind of, we, we waited out a little bit and they took us, they were like, you know, let's, let's go to the beach for a little while. And so we all went to the beach and, and then they picked uh, the storm passed and they picked us up about 20 or 30 minutes later. And we did ultimately get to go parasailing, which was really cool. Um, nice views of the Island and, you know, the, the very pretty blue water that Grand Cayman has to offer. It turned into a very, very nice day after that tropical storm passed through. Awesome. So, yeah, no problem at all there. <laughs> and then the last stop was uh, Cozumel, where we went to, I forget the exact name of it, but it basically is a VIP beach house experience or something like that. Uh, it was really nice. It was, you know, where they have a small group of people. Like in our group, there's about eight people. And then I think they had probably about 12 or 14 from uh, Carnival Miracle was also in port that day. And so uh, they had that group as well. But regardless, there's you know, less than 30 people at this beach house and, you know, include, you know, food and, and drink and so forth and a nice beach experience. The only odd thing about that one was that it wasn't a direct beach access per se. You had to actually walk downstairs uh, to get into the to get into the water. And then there was a pretty strong current. So it was quite the workout to, <laughs> to, to enjoy the beach, you could say. But yeah. overall, the service was wonderful, and, and you know the food was excellent. The drinks were great. Still, would highly recommend it to anybody. Um, and it was, it was adults only as well. Everyone was like eighteen or older. You make your way back to Galveston. How was the disembarkation? Uh, debark was okay. Uh, the only thing that we had was that it seemed to take a while to get the ship cleared. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were expecting to kind of you know, start debarkation around 7.30 or so is what they were telling everyone. And it really didn't start till at least 8 o'clock. And then if you had a check bag, those didn't become available until about 8.45. So it really took a long time to get all that squared away. And I was definitely sweating a little bit because we had a early flight. And so we really needed to kind of be on the road by 9.20 roughly. And sure enough, we were getting into our car about 9.20. So it took about 35 to 40 minutes probably from ship back to curb you know including getting through getting off the ship which was a pretty pretty long line uh, to get off the ship as well but and then slow going through customs as well but again the line kept moving overall and it wasn't a bad experience overall but still it's definitely surprised it took so long to get get everything all set up and for everyone to get off so the airport you fly out of when you're coming down to texas is that portland 
Uh, so we actually fly out of, so we live in a small town in, in Eastern Washington called Pullman, Washington. And so we, we do have an airport out of here, but the flights only go to Seattle at the okay. moment. Gotcha. Uh, they're hoping to add flights down the road, but yeah, typically we'll fly like Pullman to Seattle and then Seattle straight to Houston or wherever we're going. Uh, you can get a, a lot of nonstop flights out of, out of Seattle or you could, there's other airports in the area too, like Spokane and so forth that we can choose to, to drive to, but offers more options. Gotcha. Any first time tips to offer for people sailing Carnival Freedom? You know, get ready to enjoy a nice ship. I mean, it, it is a, a great crew. The crew director, right, you know, that we had was Emma. Yeah, um, and she was really, uh, really a great person and very, very um, you know, interactive with the guests and at every function it seemed like. And you know, it's all in all, it's a, it's a really nice experience. And if you want something that's not a big, you know, Vista or Horizon type experience, this is definitely a great alternative. Final thoughts of Carnival Freedom. It's a great ship. I, you know, was definitely taken well, well care of the ship. You know, with the with the dry dock earlier this year, and um, would highly recommend to anyone. Kevin, thank you so much for sharing this seven-night review, buddy. Thanks, Doug. All right. Now I want to turn it over to you. If you just got back from a cruise or you want to hear about a cruise ship you're going to sail on, drop me an email, Doug at CruiseRadio.net. Now, I know how this works because over a decade in radio, the consultants would meet with us way too often. Basically, consultants are overpaid people who think they know what they're doing because they're in the pockets with the record labels, but that's neither here nor there. They would tell us that one person in every thousand would make a call to action, either calling the radio station or emailing us or whatever. I want to up that number, so I want to hear about your reviews. Drop me a line, Doug at CruiseRadio.net. Thank you so much for being here. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Take care.